Let's be honest. We have all looked up our health problems on the internet before consulting a doctor at least once in our lives. And we have had the internet tell us that it could be a symptom for a type of cancer. And no matter how rational we are, we have been scared by the thought that a persistent fatigue or a tiny mole on our face could mean something much bigger. Hi there. You're listening to Unviral, the podcast where we tackle that dangerous combination of the two kinds of virality: misinformation about health. I'm Parvati Mohan, production lead at Factly, and this episode is part 1 of 2 on myths about cancer. Let me begin with a disclaimer. This episode is meant to be an introduction to the myths around cancer. This is not an explainer on the various kinds of cancer, their detection and treatments. Only certified medical professionals can help you with the right information on that front. There is something about cancer that strikes a deep fear in educated and uneducated people alike. This is probably because it is seen as an unbeatable disease that always leads to death. Perhaps it is because of such fear that many people avoid learning more about the disease. And this combination of fear and ignorance is a perfect breeding ground for misinformation. Social media and private group chats are full of colorful posts about what causes cancer and how to beat it. The first one, as I just mentioned, is the feeling that cancer is always fatal another myth is that sugar feeds cancer then there are people who believe that cancer is contagious that every abnormal growth is cancer or the misconception that it is predominantly a hereditary disease in the rural areas it is also believed that supernatural factors and ill fate influence cancer and there are magic cures like coconut concoctions cow urine exotic fruits and herbal medicines that have not been vetted by rigorous scientific research what we need to keep in mind is that most of this is either utterly false or is only partially true and so we need to be careful about accepting all this cancer related information that is at our fingertips we need to be wary of the changes in our bodies and consult an expert if we think that something is wrong rather than doing an internet search and jumping to conclusions we all know that there are several types of cancer ranging from skin cancer to brain tumors yet i wouldn't say that we really know anything concrete about cancer let us hear from dr vinay deshmane medical director of the indian cancer society and a senior consultant breast surgeon and surgical oncologist as he takes us through the basics of cancer what people must know is that cancer does not happen overnight these are cancer is basically an uncontrolled growth of cells and it's really literally a software problem in your can, in your cells each cell has a normal life span it grows multiplies divides once its functions done it dies in cancer simply the cell doesn't die so this is generally a very slow process because our body actually has methods when things go wrong at the cellular level they are corrected it's when these mechanisms which protect us stop giving way and stop protecting us that the cells start multiplying and become cancerous this process takes ages you know it takes years for a cancer to develop in the body so the first thing is that cancer does not necessarily mean imminent death there are so many treatments that are available you don't hear about the good thing that so many people are living such long lives 
after cancer diagnosis, you know, very happily. You have patients who have climbed Mount Everest. You have a cancer survivor who swam the English Channel five times without stopping. I mean, these are sort of activities which need to be highlighted that patients can actually live a very good life. But what's important to know is that there is nothing like a magic bullet. The next thing a person would need to know would be the symptoms we should look out for before seeking the help of an oncologist or a cancer specialist. Dr. Deshmane takes us through some of the common symptoms to look out for. The commonest symptom is that of a lump in the body which doesn't go away. You could also have ulcerations, that means small ulcers on the skin, changes in the skin, bleeding from the rectum or the backside, difficulty in swallowing, you know, growths in the mouth, something on the tongue, discharge from the vagina. All of these are sort of signs that there's something going wrong. There are also some general signs, weight loss, general sense of not feeling well. It doesn't go away after two or three weeks. Any of these sort of symptoms which persist, a lump, a sore, an ulcer, bleeding somewhere, changes in the skin and which don't disappear need to be shown to a doctor. And I think that's the easiest way of identifying or diagnosing cancer, the doctor will evaluate you completely from head to toe and then advise what are the necessary tests to diagnose cancer. Now that we have a slightly better understanding of the basics, let us find out what a person should do if they suspect that they may have cancer from Dr. Geeta Kadayaprat, a surgical oncologist with over two decades of experience specializing in breast cancer surgery. Broadly speaking, when you're diagnosed with cancer, there are three elements to it. One of them, of course, the first bit is diagnosis. And once it has been diagnosed, then the next step to do is to understand whether it has traveled anywhere else or not, which entails some more investigations. And if once you've done that bit, the treatment bit is the third step. Lots of time what happens is once the diagnosis is made, you just jump to the third step, not knowing what is happening in the rest of the body, which is a wrong way of doing it. So you should be actually doing a staging. Staging is the second step and then treatment. The pathology and the staging will determine what kind of treatment has to happen, what is the sequence in which it has to happen, what are the drugs that are likely to act in a particular situation because every person is to be treated differently. And with the advances that have been made, you know, there is a lot of scope for personalized medicine. So that is something that one should be very, very careful about. That is, you must do the complete workup before going ahead with treatment. The three stages in cancer treatment are diagnosis, followed by pathology and staging, and then treatment. What this tells us is that each patient has a unique journey with the disease and it is important for doctors to understand their individual trajectory to design a treatment plan. There is no one-size-fits-all in cancer treatment. But unfortunately, not many people are aware of this fact. Misinformation about cancer in several local languages is far more accessible to common people than authentic information. And so, people tend to undermine the importance of the second stage, which is pathology and staging, and instead believe rumours that say that biopsy is a dangerous process. Dr. Geeta talks about this and other myths she has encountered in her patients. So, you know, patients, there's a lot of information out in the online and patients usually come armed with some information. But as doctors, we have to put everything into perspective and tell them what is 
the right way to move ahead um so you know the myths can start from the time of doing a biopsy or not doing a biopsy patients would say oh biopsy means you know my disease is going to spread so for uh, you know the for breast cancer biopsy is the start point you have to have a diagnosis before you can decide on how to go about dealing with it but there are other sites where you could not do a biopsy so if there is some growth in the gallbladder it looks like early disease you would not stick in a needle there or if it is the ovary you would not stick in a needle there so there are cancers where you would not stick in a needle but there are other cancers where the starting point is a needle which also goes on to say that putting in the needle does not cause the disease to spread so this is one very common misconception uh, for which reason lots of times patients just procrastinate and stay back and don't have a diagnosis and so it leads to delayed uh, treatment and obviously the outcome also suffers in the bargain so this is a very common uh, myth that we often face and then there is also this myth that you know if i don't have a family history uh, then i would not get disease but one should understand that family history contributes to only 5 to 10% of cancers and uh, possibly uh, genetics also contributes to that much about 10% of patients would have a genetic basis for their uh, cancer about 80 to 90% of them happen without a reason so for which we say that these are sporadic cancers so uh, i think you know the important thing is once you know that there is something wrong you have to go visit your doctor and seek advice which is where the balance is going to be and that is where you're going to make your decision on how to go ahead with treating the disease dr geeta mentioned patients being wary of biopsy and other surgical procedures due to the fear that sticking a needle in a person's body will aggravate the cancer we asked dr deshmane about this and this is what he had to say Yeah, I think there has always been a fear that if if you dabble or touch a cancer, then it spreads faster and results in an earlier death. So, needling of a tumor, handling of a tumor has been associated in the minds of people with cancer or cancer. And I think every time when when the the common way of diagnosing a cancer today is something called a needle test, where you put in a small uh, needle into the tumor, take out a few cells or a piece of tiny piece of tissue, which is evaluated to diagnose cancer. And uh, people think that the minute you touch the tumor with a needle cells are dislodged and uh, this results in cancer spreading but this is not true these sort of tests are now around for over 30 40 years and um, there is no data at all which backs that cancer spreads if you handle it it's true it is well known that if you touch a tumor cells are shed into circulation but most of these cells practically all these cells are destroyed in the circulation and they don't they don't result in spread but this is something which has persisted and probably this comes from the 70s and 80s when when cancer cure rates were pretty low treatments were not available and people used to come with very large tumors so when you operated on large tumors the outcomes were not necessarily very good in the beginning of this episode i mentioned a few magical cures that are thought to cure cancer cow urine being one that features prominently dr deshmane shares his medical opinion on this I think there is no way today that we know that cow's urine cures any sort of cancer, and lots and lots of these sort of myths do exist. But for a scientific paper, it has to be peer reviewed, and two, the methodology of the research has to be very robust. That means the methodology is important because the methods that you use to answer the question should be appropriate to answer that question. And if you are trying a new treatment, the new treatment has to be compared with either no treatment or with an established treatment to say it's better. So these comparisons have to be done, 
And as I said before, there is nothing like a magic bullet. Because if there is magic anywhere or there's a cure in cow's urine, all over the world they'll be drinking and having cow's urine. I mean, you can't hide such facts. Everyone all over the world is desperate for a cure. And if there is anything, it cannot be hidden. It will all, everybody in the world will soon be aware and people will be using it. Or people will be testing it to check what are the ingredients in the cow's urine which cures cancer. When people believe that a magic remedy like cow urine or coconut oil is the best cure for cancer, it often means that they are making the choice to follow only that method and not seek formal medical treatment. Dr. Geeta tells us why this is dangerous and what the trustworthy sources are. We would assume that adults who are who actually go and visit these sites and pick up this information should have the ability to cross-check it with real information. So if you want real information, it has to come through the various journals and the articles that are published in relation to that uh, particular treatment that is being referred to. And if you don't find that kind of information, uh, just have a second opinion or a third opinion. I'm a big proponent of encouraging patients to take second or third opinions and be convinced on what you're doing because this is a huge decision. One thing that one should know about cancer is that your first chance is your best chance and you should not whittle it away by spending time, energy and money on the so-called magical cures and not getting anywhere and then finding yourself in a position where you will feel very disadvantaged and not able to get the kind of outcomes you could have had had you got to the right place at the right time. Cancer is unpredictable and that which is unpredictable is often scary. This sometimes leads to people turning to alternative methods like herbal remedies to counter the disease as they probably feel more comfortable using these as opposed to going for chemotherapy and surgery, which may be more intimidating. In our research, we found a story about a celebrity who opted for alternative treatments after a successful run with formal medical intervention. In 2016, Malayalam actor Jishnu Raghavan passed away after battling cancer for two years. He had been treated by Western medicine for throat and lung cancer, but ultimately lost the battle to a vicious relapse. He was offered a lot of advice about trying herbal remedies like the Lakshmi Taru plant and licorice popularly called mulatta or muleti. He tried these, but these did not help him battle the disease and his tumour ended up growing further. He left a note on social media for his followers, asking them to be cautious while going for such alternative treatments and said that these cannot replace formal methods of treatment like surgery and chemotherapy. He passed away less than a year after posting this message. But this is not to say that people should give up hope when they or a loved one is diagnosed with cancer. To quote journalist and cancer survivor Chitra Subramanyam, Science matters in cancer treatment. So does faith, and in that order. We'll expand on this idea a little more in the second part of this episode, where we will hear from Dr. Geeta and Dr. Deshmane on some of the different types of cancer and listen to their messages to everyone who worries about the disease. And we will also understand in more detail why early diagnosis is the key to beating cancer. We'll leave a few links to important resources in the description for you to read in more detail. But do bear in mind that no website can help you like a doctor can. So if in doubt, let a medical expert help you. Until next time, take care, stay safe and remember to unviral. Unviral by Factly is researched by Nandita Kalidos 
written, hosted and produced by Parvati Mohan and edited and designed by Jyoti Jiro. Thank you for listening.